Hi, and welcome to episode 179 of No Crying in Baseball, the Scrunchies Are Not Swag episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. How are you? Hey there. Hanging in there. I'm trying to get some more of this beer in me, so I will be feeling much better soon, I'm hoping. I'm waiting for you. I I like scrunchies. Sure, you do. But um, when I tell you about why they're not swag later, you might think that they're just not enough. Okay. I mean, like, I wouldn't turn down a scrunchie. I mean, right now I've got the, I'm rocking the ponytail and a scrunchie would be fine. But instead of what, I think is the. That's, that's fair. I have a couple of cool scrunchies that I got from, I wish I could remember where, because they have like all the teams. I have a Nat scrunchie and a Red Sox scrunchie so that I can change my scrunchie with my mood or the game that I'm watching. I do have an O scrunchie, but it's not O's day. Not for me today. Hey, but on today's show, our police blotter features the Chicago Cubs. Both both items are Chicago Cubs items. I don't know what that says. We've got Potty Mouth bringing you Red Sox corner. We've got the COVID report. We've got cross-training with March Madness. Um, I might be emphasizing the madness part of it all. We pick our pitching squads today. We talk about some women in baseball, and we focus a little bit on the CPBL and the KBO. So let's start with the police blotter. This is this is a good one. This is an actual police blotter. This is not a euphemism. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Camargo Corrales, who is um, in the Cubs minor league system, was pulled over in Colorado because his his BMW was speeding and drifting lanes. He claims he was heading to Denver to teach a baseball clinic for children. So of course there would be no drugs in the car. But Zane, our canine hero of this story, apparently managed to sniff out the fact that there were. 21 pounds of methamphetamines and 1.2 pounds of oxycodone pills inside Mr. Camargo Corrales's Chicago Cubs duffel bag in the truck. Yeah, can, as, as a government teacher, I just want to put point something out that he actually gave the cops permission to do that. So when you're pulled over, dear friends, you could say, no, you do not have the right to search my car. But apparently he did, which I think says something. And, I, you know, I'll let you finish the story. But I think that says something positive about Jesus and maybe what he knew and what he didn't know. Well, interestingly, one of the articles I read said both that he said there were no drugs and also admitted that there were drugs in the same piece. Huh. So I don't know. But what he says was um, he has a, a friend from um, Sinaloa, Mexico, which is also his hometown, paid him $500 to deliver this bag to Denver. Right. He claims to think it was that clothes and stuff. But yeah. yeah, so it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's definitely that if you know you have drugs, why would you let the, the cops search your car unless you don't know your rights? But the other like sub line of this is if we paid minor league players, then they wouldn't be taking 500 bucks to like shuttle a bag somewhere. I mean, I'm guessing that this kid is not a druggie himself. He's a baseball player. And, you know, if you need 500 bucks that badly, that says something about the way you're getting paid. Thank you. I was just going to go there and now I don't have ah. to. Yay. Yay. No, that, that's perfect. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's like, okay. So, you know, he's, he's heading, he probably was in fact going to teach this baseball clinic. I, I, I believe him on yeah. that one, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, why definitely this was the amount of drugs that you, this is not personal recreational use, right? Right. This is cash flow, And you know, if we paid minor league players, they have cash flow. on another area of the police blotter, a woman who was hit by a foul ball in um, at Wrigley field back in 2018, so hard that she, 
fell unconscious, had facial fractures and damage to her teeth, has been trying to bring suit against Major League Baseball, who has been saying, we can only do arbitration. It says so in tiny, tiny print on the back of your ticket and on our, on our website. Well, an appellate court just said, hey, you know what? That's not good enough. That tiny, tiny print on the back of the ticket and sending people to your website to find out should something go wrong, what they're able to do is not good enough. So yeah, you go out right ahead, ma'am, and you sue the heck out of Major League Baseball. So how about that? Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, there was another foul ball incident that I meant to write down, but did you see it? It had to do with uh, Mike Trout and somebody actually saved the person next to him by deflecting the foul foul ball with his beer and the beer exploded. It was a can of beer. And then Trout not only like bought him a beer because like noticed him doing that, but also gave him something like a signed bat or something like that. If He's I had only taken man. notes, but yeah. You yeah. should be your boyfriend for the angels or something. Yeah. Well, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. I know I'll probably like end up picking him by the time that he's like washed up. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hey, I get to talk Red Sox. That, that is my favorite subject these days. Uh, not, not so much. I don't know. Not as much as it used to be, but there's stuff to say. First of all, I need a rules clarification. So we're going to be talking about baseball boyfriends later. It's what we do. We pick these guys through the offseason. It is ended. And at this point, Patty and I are going to draft fantasy teams from these guys that we picked as baseball boyfriends. And they're all guys that we picked because we liked something about them. And I really loved Frenchy Cordero, who I picked when he was on the Royals. But then he got traded to the Red Sox. I already had a Red Sox boyfriend. So now I can't keep two guys on the same team. That's part of our rules, right? We only get one guy per team. So can I keep can I keep Franchi and get rid of Jeter Downs? I'm not totally sure I want to do this yet because we haven't draft drafted, but I, I would like a real rules clarification because Franchi just started playing. He he was on a COVID delay. His first pitch that he saw, he got a hit. So he's ready to go. Alex Cora is saying good things about him. I didn't know he grew up a Red Sox fan. I think that's in his favor. So I'm thinking, can I do that, Kamish? So I will say my my ruling is not going to be based on the fact that he's doing well in spring training. Right. Because right, that's right. irrelevant, right? It's really, it's down to what's okay. And I think what's okay is you keep one guy per team. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you haven't invested in Jeter yet and you can save him for another year. You've already profiled Franchi and he's there now. And I think that's okay. I mean, you will need another Royals guy technically. That's true. But yeah, I don't know. Right. I think we got plenty of guys. But yeah, I was just so excited like learning about Franchi and it seems like he's gonna have a breakout year. So I'm gonna And and also it's not your fault that the Red Sox kind of sucked last year because had they been a better team, you wouldn't have picked your Red Sox guy until very recently when Franchi was already there and you would have picked him. That's right, because we we picked them in order of uh, suckiness. Of the, we got the yes, worst. We did. The, the teams with the worst record from last year got picked first. So yes, the the Red Sox were kind of early in that selection. I am not going to punish you for their suckiness because that's punishment enough. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm hopeful for this year, sort of. You know, I've got like that little grain of all right. I'm still a Red Sox fan, kind of hope. Erod, who have been following through this whole COVID nightmare gets to pitch opening day, which is pretty exciting because he, like we talked about last week, I think he was slated to pitch opening day last year, but then not only had COVID, but had myocarditis and could barely walk last year. And for him to to come back enough to make an opening day start 
I think that's really cool. And shout out to my Venezuelan friends. This is the first Venezuelan-born pitcher to start for the Red Sox opening day. And if that wasn't enough Red Sox news, I've got some Red Sox news with one of your favorite guys, LeBron James. Um, he is there and, and a good guy. I, I totally am, am pro LeBron. He has joined Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Red Sox. And it also owns um, the Liverpool Football Club. And, and Nesson and a variety of other things. And so he's part owner a little bit. He's got like 1%. Then the headlines are all like, you know, LeBron James owns the Red Sox. It's, it's a little bit. And he, along with a friend business partner whose name is Maverick Carter, this is contingent on MLB's approval. I guess this is coming through in a matter of weeks. But it's important for Boston, especially because they're the first black co-owners in FSG, Fenway Sports Group. And as we all know, Boston has a long way to go to make up for past ills. And it's just good for Boston culture, I think. And and he's a good influence. He's a good guy doing good things, as you know, from the Akron days. Oh, except for he got hurt yesterday. Did you yeah. see that? High ankle sprain. He's out indefinitely now. So, yeah, this is bad. This is really it bad. It was ugly. It was like his knee and ankle b- bent the wrong ways. Like looking at that injury tape. Don't Not do looking. it. Not looking. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Our COVID report this week is going to flow right into our cross training today. So this the um, the monitoring tests that have been going on for spring training, only one positive this week, one player. Uh, So that's great. Uh, So the 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 baseball COVID protocols are holding for now. So let's hope that keeps going. This is good. New York ballparks have increased what they said their capacity was going to be for tickets from 10% to 20%. So they're already feeling pretty confident. I hope that's safe. But 20% is a lot less than a lot of places, like say 100%. Yeah. Um, In super bad, horrible, heartbreaking COVID news, the NCAA tournament was ended before it started for uh, for VCU because three players tested positive for COVID in a 48-hour period and didn't even get to play their first round game. Ooh. They are saying that they were sticking to protocols very carefully. They had just come from another tournament in another place, in another hotel where there was a lot going on that that some of the players said people were not. Other people that were there for other tournaments and things were not following protocols. And also at one of the one of the referees, one of the officials who did that tournament and was coming here, tested positive for COVID also. So ah. there is a question if it happened in a place where people were at a high school tournament saying, we don't need your stinking masks. I uh, don't uh, know. Don't know. But the thing is, it's super heartbreaking for these kids who this is a dream. This is a dream yep. to play in March Madness. And then you don't get to do it. So um, I'm mad about March Madness for a couple of reasons. One is my right side of the bracket is completely busted. My lower right quadrant, I have no more hope for any more points. So it's really bad. My upper right, I've got maybe a couple more to go. My left side is golden. Nice. That's not really why I'm mad, though. Can I tell you why I'm really mad? Oh, sure. I'm really mad about, once again, it's the annual, let's talk about the disparities between the men's and the women's NCAA tournaments. And gotta love social media because it's right out there in front of everybody with lots of pictures to prove that it's true. This is flowing, again, from the COVID thing because one of the differences, the men have better COVID testing. 
Oh, that's shitty. They have the the kind of test that's you know the highest level of accuracy and all of that. The women have this antigen testing, and then they use that really you know the expensive, quick turnaround, very accurate one, if they need to, like as a backup. But they don't want to you know spend that money up front on women. So there's that. What you may have seen on social media, if you spend any time there, the first thing that came, went around were the differences in the weight rooms. Weight rooms are important because these tournaments are being played in bubbles, right? So everybody's staying in the same places. They're, you know, this, They've got conference centers that they're all sort of centering on. So they can't go off to you know their own private gym or some other facility somewhere else. They've got to stay on site. And the men have a beautifully tricked out weight room and the women have like one rack of hand weights and some yoga mats. And they were told, well, there's no room for anything else. And then someone sort of panned around and that weight, those weights and the yoga mats from this giant room. Can I just say Dick Sporting Goods has come to the rescue? They really? said, we, we just loaded up some U-Hauls. We'll be there in a couple hours. We've got, we've got equipment for you. Smart. Smart. That's awesome. Also, Dick Sporting Goods, I don't know if you saw this commercial, but they did a commercial focusing on all of their high-level women executives, but focusing on how one of the jobs of Dick Sporting Goods is to help girls and women athletes be the best they can be. So it was this really good like Women's History Month thing, but it was highlighting both their their business plan and also girls in sports. Kudos to Dick's. That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah, pretty excited about that. But back to the madness part. So apparently the food is substandard for the women and they, they're even, even having problems getting food delivered like with DoorDash and those things. I don't know what's going on, but like, every level is bad. The swag bag. So all the players get these wonderful branded bags full of things. And the men's bags had towels and shirts and like full-size toiletries and all of the stuff. And the women's had like a water bottle and a scrunchie. Aha, uh-huh. there's the scrunchie. There's the scrunchie. And you know what? It's like, really? Really? So that's that's all that's all you're getting. It, you know, the women's school, the schools where these women that represent, they don't get paid if the women get you know, to a high level in the tournament like the men's do. I mean, there's the disparities go right and left, up and down, and they're horrifying. And, you know, it just ties up in this whole little scrunchy thing. But anyway, also, one thing that the the women's NCAA tournament did badly was they didn't account for lots of women coaches who are parents. Many of them are single parents. How do you deal with your kids? Because the, this is a bubble, and for some of them, they'd be there for weeks. Oh, there, no. there are limits on the traveling party that accompanies the team. And mm-hmm. there was a ruling that children of any age, including those that are currently being nursed, count against that total number. So do you bring your newborn who you are nursing or do you bring the trainer for the team? Seriously. That's crazy. Seriously. And there's a really good piece, um, I think it was in the, in the Athletic about it, that showed what WNBA did. Like they had protocols in place. And all we had to do was look at those. All they had to do was think about that. And there was a plan in place, but not valuing women up and down. So the NCAA president, uh, Mark Emmert, apologized very publicly, really focusing really on the weight room. That's what he was asked about, the weight room facilities and saying the differences are inexcusable. It's being taken care of immediately, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, it's better when we can plan the tournaments together, but because they were in these different bubbles. They weren't talking to each other. Really? Really? And then Sally Jenkins, one of our the the great sports writers uh, from the Washington Post, just started her opinion piece about this with the two words, I'm tired. 
Yeah, because she's been working on shit like this for a long time. She's got to be exhausted of writing articles like this. Sure enough. Sure enough. On the happy side for me, one of the other disparities between the tournaments is so far I'm doing much better on my women's bracket. <laughs> but that's right. not really a policy thing. Yeah. All <laughs> Let's right. Let's talk about the boys. So we got some boys. These are our baseball boyfriends, like I was saying before, the guys we pick every week. We've already picked our teams, and so you should be doing that too. Patty, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but join us with our fantasy baseball. This week, we pick our pitching squad, and what we do, basically, because we run out of time, instead of profiling each pitcher each week, we just do a team of pitchers. So we each just pick a pitcher slate, and tell you a little bit about them. And I am so excited to be going with the Padres. So Padres friends, please excuse my brevity on some of these guys. And I fully welcome you to comment when we post this episode, comment on our social media and help me out talking about how amazing they are. You know, I I, I had thought when um, they got Clevenger And he went out right away with Tommy John. I thought, huh, how is Padres pitching going to be? And they're serious. I think this was the area where you knew that the Padres mean it for this year. And I think that they have a lot of promise. So, you know, one huge acquisition, of course, was Yu Darvish from the Cubs, right? Right-handed pitcher. He's the elder shit. I didn't write down his age, but he's like mid-30s, I'm pretty sure. And what is interesting is that his first MLB career hit Yes, a hit when he was doing, uh, he was playing for the Rangers at that point. So it was an interleague game that he hit against the Padres in 2012. So that's a little bit, you know, prophetic and ended up with them now. Uh, I think what people think about a lot with him right now is that he was second place runner up for the Cy Young last year against the pitcher who shall not be named by me. And a lot of people in Cubs fandom were pretty pissed off that Darvish got the snub, but I think he's looking good. He's uh, ready to go with the Padres as is Blake Snell. Before you go there, before you go to Blake, I I want to tell you that I'm here for you. I'm functioning as your intern. I looked it up. You Mm. Darvish is 34. Oh, I thank you. I was pretty close. All right. Well, I was in the the ballpark. Um, (laughs) I wish we were in the ballpark. I, I totally do. I totally do. He's definitely the older, st- elder statesman of the team then. So so we have Blake Snell, lefty, 28 years old, who, you know, was the 2018 AL Cy Young when he was with the Rays. And we all remember him from the World Series last year when he got prematurely yanked and was you could tell he was seething at the time. And I think it from that a moment. a tiny bit vulgar when you say it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I'm a tiny bit vulgar. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> and at that time, all of us were like, he's just pissed. And I think that was just, you know, he, he, he was available after that point. He was pulled, as if you can remember, in the sixth inning. There were no runs on him. One hit, no walks. And there was a one-out single, and there went the game, and there went the World Series. So I think that Snell especially is ready to go back to the World Series. I think that's that's got to be on his mind. The the one, no, two holdovers from last year. One is Denilson Lamette, and I probably just butchered his name. 28 years old, righty. He missed the postseason last year due to an elbow injury, but he actually had a really fascinating and great 2020 because he 
has an amazing slider, which I, I don't know. I think that's a pretty sexy pitch. And over half of his pitches were his slider, which apparently is something super rare. 40% of his sliders ended up in a strike last year. So, and he actually had a, a super low ERA. And yes, it's it was 2020. His ERA was 209. And even the, with an asterisk, it was the lowest ERA for a Padres pitcher for the season. But 2020 wasn't really a season and he did miss the end. So it's this injury issue that's sort of on the back of everybody's mind with him. And he's he's a little bit behind now where he's probably not going to be ready for opening day. But I hear from our friend Liddy from Hell's Bells that he is looking good and he will be ready soon. You know, the problem is apparently the way he throws the slider, it does put a lot of strain on that sore elbow, which is probably why it's so messed up. So let's hope that the Padres pitching staff, the trainers have got Lamette covered to, who might be subbing in for him in the meantime is Adrian Morajon, who's 22 years old. So one of the wonderful things about the the Padres pitching is that they've got this great combo between old guys and new guys. So Adrian Morajon apparently has done really well in relief, had a few starts last year, but you know maybe he'll get more this year. As far as trades, incoming guys go, one that I hadn't even noticed was Joe Musgrove coming in from the Pirates, another 28-year-old. And for him, it's coming home. He's from the San Diego area. So going back to your hometown team, I think, is always, you know, that's a lot of good vibes. He's got to be psyched to be there. Last year, he missed most of August on the injured list, so... I'm a little nervous about the the injuries. Hopefully they'll get it under control this year. But last September, he struck out 38 batters in 25 innings. Like I could even do that math. And that's, that's more than a strikeout in an inning. That's a really good thing. I didn't realize that he was on the 17 Astros World Series team. And that's usually a no-go for us. Like can't be a boyfriend if you're involved in a cheating scandal. But he was a pitcher, so I'm hoping, again, Kamish, I'm doing an appeal here. Not only was he a pitcher, but he's had a lot of um, really positive, I would say, reflections about the whole experience. I mean, pretty much he said, I had no part in it. And, of course, you know, that's what he expect him to say. He's going to say that. Well, but this is, this is where the DH comes in handy for you because, you know, yes, American sir. League, of course, he's not, he's not batting. If you're not batting, you are not part of this. Yep. So I believe him. I was, I'm going to say, I believe him. He was not a cheater. He, and, but he's also been critical about it. And he said, I don't want to say that it's tainted, but I think it is as far as their, their world series ring. Like that is a tainted ring. And he, he did a little bit of defending the Astros as well by saying, you know, if MLB investigated others as much as they investigated the Astros, they're going to find a lot more than they want to find. So at the same time, he's saying they're guilty, but there's a lot of shit going on, but things are changing now, you know, can, with the Can rules. I just say that my takeaway from that is I'm now singing the soft sell song, Tainted Love, in my head when it's a tainted <laughs> ring and I can't make it stop. Thank you oh, for that. that's awesome. Oh, tainted, oh, ring. tainted ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. All right. Uh-huh. We'll move on to uh, Chris Paddock, who was also around last year. He had a rough year last year, but you know. I I think 2020 is just kind of like a buy. We all had a shitty year last year. So I'm hopeful that Paddock's going to come back. He's one of the youngins. He's 25 years old. And what he has going for him is the flow. He has, his hair has increased in length this year. 
So that's going to be fun to watch. I'm good with watching Pitching Flow. And the best news of all is that all these guys who I just talked about, except for Lamette because he hasn't pitched yet, although he's done some um, simulated games. He hasn't done any uh, any spring training games yet, but he's done some simulated stuff. But the four others debuted scoreless. So I think that's that says something. Your first mark of the year is scoreless innings. Paddock made it four innings scoreless on his debut. Snell, three, Musgrove, and Darvish, two. But they're my Padres. I am so glad you picked them. I need a fucking t-shirt, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. Why, why do you not have one? I've got a Padres t-shirt. Of course, mine is focusing on the batting, but still. Yeah, no, they're an excellent pick. You're going to do exceedingly well with that. So I had this whole list. Well, I'm taking the Dodgers, but then there's that whole Trevor Bauer situation that I don't know that I want to defend. And I'm, I, you know, yeah. and Clayton Kershaw, although he's a good human, he's never been my guy. So it's like, well, you know, I love Dustin May. I'm kind of a fan of, of, of Bueller, Bueller, yeah. Bueller, but is that enough? And then I thought, well, Mets, I mean, Mets are going to rock, but then Cookie Carrasco, who, you know, is my, my love as a hamstring situation. So he's out for a while. We just did the Mets pretty recently. And we just did the Nats pretty recently. And I'm really worried about Strasburg. I think that he's going to be injury prone again. Um, you know, they pulled him from a spring training game with a little twingy thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, I'm going home. I'm going home to Cleveland, surprising really almost no one. And there's still Zach Plezak, who's not going to be a boyfriend because he's the one who really flouted the COVID rules and then had oh, the right. not really an apology thing. So I'm just not going to talk about him because these points against us, but these other guys, these other guys. All right. So this is going to be a combination boyfriend pitching grooming segment because these guys are <laughs> ridiculously good looking. Okay. They are an attractive bunch of guys. And this is just, you know, this is just logic. I'm just looking at it saying, you know, uh, this is not my personal opinion. You can't say that they're not. You just look at them. They're, they're not. You can't say that they're not. I'm not going to talk about Shane Bieber because I always talk about Shane Bieber. He's 25, Cy Young winner last year, fourth in MVP voting. Nice looking young man. Okay, mo moving on, moving on. So speaking of the Padres, Cal Quantrill came over from the Padres last year, which is what brought Clevenger to the Padres. He was part of that big package deal that went back and forth between Cleveland and the Padres. Oh, okay. This young man is 26 and he's a babe in the, like the male model way, the sort of the classic of good looks sort of way ready for the cover of gq if he hasn't already been there yes, okay absolutely absolutely he is from port hope ontario his dad paul quantro played for 13 years in the major leagues um he said he was born the year his dad was called up so he never had the choice of not loving baseball i mean he grew up in the world of baseball so of course he was going to love baseball he also because see canada above loved hockey and i love hockey therefore Cal's going to be my guy here. He was the captain of both his baseball and hockey teams in high school, which I got to like. He played for Team Camp Baseball for Team Canada and went, took them to the Worlds three times. So he traveled the world with baseball, which he keeps saying this was such an amazing opportunity for me. This was how I got to see the world. And he's, you know, still only 26. He was drafted by the Yankees in 2013, but Stanford called. So he went to school instead. In 2014, he was the first freshman to start opening day at Stanford since Mike Messina. Wow. So that's a whole thing because he came in from like all of this, like these world championships. And all. he was he was a big deal when he showed up Two starts into his sophomore season injury, Tommy John surgery. Oof. So wow. the only college ball he played was freshman year, 
and the first two games of sophomore year. Because he didn't play as a junior or the rest of sophomore year, he took classes. He finished his degree. He graduated early with a mechanical engineering degree because he could take classes with labs and things that would have conflicted with baseball. So, you know, lemons into lemonade here, which I really liked. He, in 2016, even though he didn't play for, you know, for two years, he was picked eighth overall in the draft by the Padres. He, the day he graduated early, he had a ceremony and got in the car and drove to San Diego. He said, I don't want to celebrate. I just want to get started. And then, as I said, he was part of that trade from um, between San Diego and Cleveland for Clevenger and others. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. So Aaron Savale is also super cute. He's sort of more like the boy next door kind of super cute, right? His Father's Day message to his dad was, you know, very sweet, you know, for all the things you taught me. But he also said, and thank you for providing me with the facial hair gene so that when I go bald, I'll at least be able to look semi-decent. So he's like, he's built for the grooming segment, all right? He also likes to cook, which makes him even more attractive. Even more attractive. I'm just saying, I do like a man who can cook. He's from East Windsor, Connecticut. He grew up a, a Red Sox fan, went to Northeastern. You will like this part. So Northeastern apparently regularly plays exhibition games in yes, the spring against the Red mm -hmm. Sox. Well, he pitched two innings. He got Pookie to pop out to third base. He struck out Big Poppy swinging. He wow. also played Hanley Ramirez, Mike Napoli, and Xander Bogarts and had no hits in those two innings against the freaking Red Sox while That's he was crazy. at Northeastern, right? He was drafted in the third round in 2016 by Cleveland. He debuted in 2019, did pretty well. Not so great last year, the year we're all writing off. And so he and his um, pitching coach from Cleveland worked long distance on changing his delivery. So you got to do better. So he changed everything about how he pitches and started uh, spring training with three perfect innings. So whatever they did, long distance worked. And then there's my guy, Tristan McKenzie, who I talked about last year because of his amazing debut. He's only 23. This man has style. I mean, he's got great hair that sometimes is braids and sometimes is just blind free. It's fantastic. But he's got a look. Check out his Instagram. He's got a look. All right. His dad's family moved to Brooklyn from Jamaica when, when dad was 12. And he just was glued to the TV watching New York baseball right? Yankees and Mets watched a lot of baseball, but never really played it, never played organized baseball. When his son, when Tristan was ready to learn about to play baseball, he taught him baseball based on things he learned by watching TV. He said, well, everything I know I learned from Hall of Famers, right? Because that's, that's, that's all the lessons on TV, right? The way he taught Tristan to pitch inside was his younger brother. He had his younger brother in a helmet and uh, and gear, and then his dad was crouched behind him as the catcher and holding the 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 ball the the, the mitt, like belt high and said, "Don't hit your brother." <laughs> <laughs> and told his little that's brother, harsh. "And you don't flinch." And that's how wow. I learned to pitch inside. That little brother now is an infielder for Vanderbilt, so that's good. The um the coach that he's had since he was young said he looks the same as he did was, as when he was in eighth grade, only taller. He's six five and weighs one hundred and sixty five pounds. Mm. He is not a wide man. He, yeah, very much so. Very much so. He almost went to Vanderbilt, but Cleveland gave him $2.3 million to go to Cleveland instead. Um, his debut game back in this past August was 10 strikeouts versus the Tigers. And he says, if I wasn't playing baseball, I'd be a cardiologist. And you know, yeah, he might be someday. He might still be a cardiologist one day. That is for sure. So those are the guys I want to tell you about for Cleveland. I'm very excited. Go the Cleveland baseball team. Woo. Woo, double woo. Wow, yeah, I was expecting to hear Nats again. So I'm excited to, to follow these guys.
especially if there's some hairstyle involved. I'm totally about that. There's hair, there's some clothes, there's, yeah. You know what? I think we could pay a living wage to minor league players if we made a calendar of the Cleveland pitchers and sold it. Hey, <laughs> that's, you know, I, Padres pitchers too. I think we, we're going to have to do like a check-in on the boyfriend's flow and grooming segment for sure. Like how the, how the guys are doing, not just on the field, but getting ready for the field, shall we say? We shall say. Hey, how about the women? Let's talk about women for a minute. So women play baseball, folks. Um, congrats to Alexia. I think it's George. It looks like Jorge, but I think it's George on her commitment to play baseball for St. Elizabeth University. Yes, play baseball. No, they don't have a women's team. They have a baseball team and she's going to be playing on it. She has great experience despite being a high school student. She was the youngest player on the 2019 U.S. women's national team. So more young women playing baseball in college. I think this is the second or third that we've talked about. So it's a good trend. Keep keep it up. Keep it up. That is, that is very great. Women also call ball games, as it turns out. Beth Mowens, this yesterday, we're recording on a Sunday, but just yesterday on Saturday, Beth became the first woman to call play-by-play for a Cubs game. She also had broke a uh, a football, not really a glass ceiling because it was broken once before 30 years ago when she called the 2017 Monday Night Football game. First time to call, for a woman to call an NFL game in 30 years. She's a veteran. She's a veteran broadcaster. She's been the voice of the um, NCAA College Softball World Series for a very long time. Um, she's not just doing that the spring training game. She's actually going to be a regular sub for Boog when he takes, you know, when he's not not working when he takes a day off during the regular season. So we'll hear more from Beth. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. She's just an all around sports knowledgeable person. Again, like over, overqualified, way, way well-deserved. So they play some baseball over across the pond. Uh, The British Baseball Federation has both men's and now women's league. They are starting a women's league this year with eight teams. It's going to be from April to August, playoffs from August to September. And their statements on their website are super positive. The opening one is something like there's actually 51% women in the, the greater Great Britain, you know, including all those British countries and saying like, well, then they should have the same baseball. You know, we have the the same proportion. So the British Baseball Federation is going to support both men's and women's baseball. It seems like they're attempting to do it, you know, pretty equally. I don't, I don't know if equal is the right word. Give some parody there. They do have a bunch of webinars this March that I think anybody can, can call into. They're free. And they're having our friend Justine Siegel from Baseball for All there for um, March 24th. So check out the webinars for the British Baseball Federation. Hey, speaking of television commercials, which I was a while back, I saw one for Baseball for All. Hmm. They, it, the theme was basically let them play. It Good. was great. It was great. I was, like, I was watching. I was like, these are all women playing baseball. Oh, my God. It's baseball for all. I mean, it, it's sad that you have to notice that, oh, look, it's women and they are playing baseball. It's not one of those MLB ones that, you know, that have some baseball and some softball and, you know, kids from all over, which is sweet, which is great. But it isn't the same thing. Yeah. So yay, yay for that. So once again, the United States and Major League Baseball itself could be doing a little bit more. I know there have been baby steps there, but to support girls and women playing baseball. 
I'm still watching baseball in the morning with my breakfast, and I really enjoy it with the CPBL. And I want to give a huge thank you, shout out to our friend Ollie for the alerts. Uh, he's at O-L-I-S-A-M-I-R on Twitter because if you want on your calendar every single CPBL game, Ollie is your guy. It's so cool. So now, like, I can tell you any day in the first half of the season who is playing and at what time. So I just love that. So I can plan on my CPBL in the morning. The new team, the Dragons, have this hot little rookie, 20-year-old kid, Sujoy C. I hope I pronounced that right. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, th- these are so challenging for me, but I'm trying. He debuted striking out 11 batters in 2.3 scoreless innings. Shit. I must have put something Math down wrong. Math is hard. Math is hard. He, but you know, eleven strikeouts, no matter how long it took in one game, is fantastic. So what can we go? Let's go with that. And yeah. We'll fix it later. But, well, I do know that all he did was strike out and three hits and one hit by a pitch. And so, hmm. hmm. All right. Yeah. Watch CPBL in the morning. See, this is why I don't watch in the morning because then you've got to do math before you've had enough coffee and then this stuff happens. Right. Right. And now I'm at the end of my beer and I'm totally, and you know, I did the math beforehand, but you know, it might be 3.2. That would make sense. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. It would work. Because (laughs) that's got to be it. Oh my God. This is is beer related dyslexia, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. Oh, man. All right. Lions are, are middle of the road. So I think who's on top now? No, it's who's on first. I'm sorry. Oh, no, wait, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the brothers and the guardians are above the Lions. and Or at least that was the last that I checked. Lions, I think, lost again today. But I have a baseball boyfriend over there, Lynn Anka, who had two home runs in a game yesterday. So he happens to be one of, I think, the two Lions who are hitting the baseball regularly. And the other, just a little shout out, Brock Dykeshorn, who's one of the foreign pitchers, has a YouTube channel. You know, I was I was following Tim Melville's last year, and he seems to not be doing the video stuff anymore. But Brock, very dedicated to it. And he was the outstanding player from the Taiwan series. And I remember at the time joking that he got a bicycle, like in this country, you get like a truck or whatever. But this bike is so cool. It's an electric bike, but it's not a bulky one. It's got this like little battery on it. So he's got this new YouTube thing of him going around Taiwan on his electric bike. It's worth checking out. He seems happy. And I really appreciate like pictures who are there and or any baseball player who's there and actually going out and enjoying being there and enjoying the country and doing stuff. The KBO, I I think something just came out on Dan Kurtz's Twitter about how to watch KBO, well, spring training, for lack of a better word, the the preseason games. There is a way to do it, and hopefully that will hold over. So I'll find that and get it to you for the notes. But they are playing with the pace of play. So MLB is not the only ones concerned about pace of play. This is like just beyond me. I am not. This is like not my concern. But they're doing some weird stuff with timing. And I think it's going to be one of those maybe we can watch from afar and not attempt any of this because it seems just too screwy. The, The leadoff batter has to get in the box within a minute and 55 seconds at the beginning of the inning or gets fined 
$177, which doesn't seem like, I mean, I don't, I still don't think that's much for KBO standards, but it's down from two minutes and five seconds. So, so really 10 seconds, like it's worth it to, for the energy to be timing these guys getting into the box, 10 seconds sure. worth. The, um, the, the pitch clocks, the, the um, minors have that time between innings. Well, actually the, the major leagues do have time right. between innings and they mess with that all the time. So sure enough. I mean, that, that, that's get a clock. It's whether it gets enforced, but they do have a clock they're supposed to follow. Yeah. So this is where the enforcement comes in because they are supposed to be having the first pitch of the new inning within two minutes of the final out of the previous inning. So this finding that batter is a way to enforce that clock, apparently. I'm wondering, though, like, how do you do commercials between innings if you only have two see, minutes? See, that's it. I mean, like, MLB does shorten that time, but they that, that's why they started doing those little commercial things, like, in between pitches, like, where just part of the screen has the commercial, because they still want to sell that time, but they want to keep the game going. So they, they make the game more crowded with endorsements and, and other things happening on the screen instead of just taking a break. They, they could do it the Dominican way where it's like every, you know, you just sort of hear the low voice come in saying, Presidente, la fría es ligera. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, I want the breaks. I need, I need to like, you know, run to the fridge or elsewhere because of running to the fridge. But, you know, but if you right. want me to see the commercial, you're going to do it during the game like that. So, you know, that's more eyes on the commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. So and they, they time a lot of stuff. They have 30 second mound visits. Do we have a time on mound visits? Is we have until the um, the umpire is tired of standing behind home plate and starts walking that way with a big sigh, because I know they're only going to stop when I get there and they're going to make me walk all the way there. <sighs> <laughs> and this is so far. Well, well, speaking of that, they've got another thing on that where they have a three minute warning to managers who are arguing the call. So if you're going to argue with the ump, you got to do it fast. You get a warning at three minutes and then you get ejected. After that seems four. like a long time to argue a call. I mean, I, in MLB, I see ejections happen pretty fast. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. seems like a, like a reasonable amount of time to argue before you get thrown out. Huh. So a problem with listening to games on the radio is and I was listening to the Nats Mets game and my boyfriend, um, Dominic Smith from the Mets, apparently was arguing a call with, you know, against mm. with, with the ump, but I'm listening to it on the radio and they're saying, hey, he's walking away, but oh, I guess they're not done yet. I guess they haven't finalized this to their satisfaction because they're still talking. But I hate when you can't see that. I want to see that. I want to see, are they waving their arms around? Are they rolling their eyes? Like what's happening? And they weren't telling me those things, but these guys are good on the radio. It's just, I got to say, that's something I miss. Also, it was Scherzer versus DeGrom. So you really want to see that describing the pitch isn't the same as watching the whole thing. Although hearing Scherzer grunt over the radio is hilarious. And and so this is because it wasn't being Correct. televised. Isn't isn't that one of those games that you could not see even if you had wanted to, which is the bummer with the spring training yep. stuff. Yep, sure enough. Hey, so next week, um, if we get our acts together, we're gonna have our starting lineups for our, well, oh. our starting lineups for our fantasy teams. And hopefully if we get together, we'll do predictions for who we think are gonna win the awards and who's gonna make it to the to the 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 the, the, the final two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, so hopefully we'll do that. Um, if you have suggestions for who you think we should pick, or you want to um, share your comments about our pitching selections this week, please find us on social media.
Yeah, and also let us know if you want to play with us because we're drafting our teams. You too can draft a team and play in the No Crying in Baseball Fantasy League. That means that we have fun, funky, unique rules, and you know you want to check it out. So find us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast. Yes, NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. And if you want to email us, we're at ncibpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can email us and we can talk about what the rules are that you have to abide by. But they're fun. They're fun. So branch out a little bit. Spread your wings. Contact us. Join our fantasy league. They will be fun for you. They will be crazy for me because since we have so many rules, I can't just automate this whole process. The commission gets to sit down and do all (laughs) of this by hand to make sure everybody's following all of our silly, silly rules, which I fully believe in. I fully believe them. So go do your homework. If part of your homework is listening to past episodes, because you know we can't use all these guys, and we have seasons and seasons of profiles of players, please do that. Let your friends know about us. If you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball, leave us a review or a rating if you so desire. Please get your vaccine when it's your turn and wear your masks and stay inside or watch your distance, all of those things. Fight the man and say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. What are you drinking inside there? Uh, the vanilla latte. Oh, fucking cat. Uh, you- <laughs> <laughs> I did get a picture of that. So hold on. <laughs> <laughs>